friends, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. My name is Ian McLaren, I'm your host, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Chances are you've found the podcast through your favorite app, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, please hit that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, enjoy. Please also rate and review. That would be very much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, you can follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also find me at Ian C. McLaren. And um, what else? Yeah, if you want to email me, you can do so at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com. And I always appreciate feedback or questions to answer on the podcast as well. Today on the podcast, we're going to update training camp, uh, including one potentially troubling development that came out on Tuesday in regards to Tuka Rask, uh, those who are unfit to participate, and a uh, television schedule as well for the beginning of the opening round, round robin anyways. Let's begin with the big news from Tuesday afternoon at training camp where Vesna Trophy finalist Tuka Rask revealed that he has a fractured finger and that it's hampered him throughout training camp and it was also the ailment that caused him to leave practice a couple times early last week. We had thought it was perhaps a stinger or just a, a shot that caught him in a wrong spot, but it was in fact a finger injury that became evident when he was participating on a Zoom call on Friday with fellow Vesna finalists Connor Hellebuck and Andre Vasilevsky, and he had a splint on his um, left hand, on his ring and middle fingers, and so he was asked about it, and on a Zoom call on Tuesday, he revealed that it was indeed a fractured finger that... Um, has been hindering him for a couple weeks now. Apparently he suffered it while box jumping during a workout a few weeks back. He doesn't seem concerned that it will sideline him once round robin games begin in early August. The first game, of course, is scheduled to be played against the Philadelphia Flyers on Sunday, August 2nd. He said it's getting better, so I'm not worried about it. It will be all set. Once we start playing, I slammed my finger at the end of the box and it slammed the ligament, kind of fractured the finger, small fracture, nothing major. You can imagine, not going to feel great to catch pucks with that. As I mentioned, it's his left hand, his trapper hand. So if he's catching, you know, slap shots and it hits that right spot, it is certainly going to cause some discomfort for the time being. He said he has had the same kind of thing in his blocker hand in the past. When the puck hits, it just gets sore. But this is a glove hand now, so it's a little different. But I'm not worried about it, he said. One of those things that's going to linger a little bit. It's been two or three weeks now, and it already feels a lot better. So I'm pretty optimistic within a week that I'll have my normal glove on. Now, it is a bit of a cause for concern just because we obviously don't want it to linger into when the games begin. We want Tuka Rask to be 
at optimal health, 100%, especially when it relates to, you know, his, his trapper hand and uh, his ability to catch those pucks and stop those slap shots. Um, having said that, he did add, it's a luxury that we have two good goalies that can share the net, and it worked out great for us. Yaroslav Halak has already been tabbed as a starter for one of the round-robin games at least, and Rask previously said that he would be surprised if he played each and every game in the playoffs, whether that was because of the finger injury or just um, getting back into these high-pressure games right away. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but um, yeah, it is a luxury to be sure to have Yaroslav Halak available and ready if and when uh, he is called upon to start some games here for the Boston Ruins. It would be ideal to have Rask healthy and at the top of his game all throughout, but um, you know that might not be the case, and Halak will indeed be ready to step in. Rask said, you lay off for four months and you go right into playoff hockey. There might be some injuries, some nagging injuries, your groins, your hips. I would add your finger. I think that's part of the reason teams are allowed to have an unlimited amount of goalies on their roster now. He added, I'd be surprised if you saw goalies play every minute of every game during these playoffs because the situation is so different. You never know. Looking forward to it to see what happens. Um... You know, some teams don't have the luxury of two high-end goalies. The Bruins are, of course, the Jennings Trophy winners as the best goalie duo in the NHL. Halak, for his part, said he's just taking it day by day. Hasn't been told anything. Open-minded to pretty much anything. Definitely going to be a unique situation. And, um, you know, he said whether it's me or Tuca. In net, we want to win, and that's the case now again. And, you know, whoever is in net, the guys in front of them will certainly play their hardest and will have full confidence in the man between the pipes. Cassidy said, we have to get Halak ready as well as Tuca. He doesn't know how it will play out. Rask will get in there. We need him ready for the playoffs as well, both of them. You need to see live action to do that. How much and what we divide up, that will be as we get closer. Let's get to Toronto first. Um, they are going to bring four goalies with them to Toronto. Raskalak plus Daniel Vladder and Max Legacy. And Cassidy said, you just never know. It's too important a position to get stuck in. So yet another thing to keep an eye on here for the Bruins as training camp progresses or you know it's Wednesday now we're getting near the point where they're going to be wrapping up and packing and getting ready to go to Toronto in in just four days now so uh, hopefully Rask will be um, feeling primed when the games start although you know, it wouldn't be a surprise to see him sit out until that first game against Philadelphia with uh, Halak getting the start in the exhibition game against Columbus or, or at least uh, a split in that game. Uh, wouldn't be surprising either. So all this to say, yes, there's reason to be somewhat concerned about Rask's finger, but the Bruins are confident that A, he will be healthy for the playoffs and B, 
They're confident in Halak stepping in if need be. If both of those guys were to go down, then obviously it's a different question. And as play begins, I think it might come down to, you know, the healthiest team will go the furthest and injury luck is going to play a huge part in uh, playoff success. Um, Based on how Rask played in the playoffs last year, he's an incredibly important player on this team and should have won the Conn Smythe if Boston had won Game 7. Um, so yeah, hopefully, again, his fingers cleared up and he's ready to go for when the games matter most. Some other notes from practice on Tuesday. After missing two practices in a row, Chris Wagner returned for Tuesday's skate. However, David Pasternak and Andre Kasha remained absent, and... Joachim Nordstrom also sat out for the second time since last Thursday. Cassidy is planning to give much of the roster a maintenance day here on Wednesday, and he said not to look too much into the number of players on the ice for the midweek session. And he expects close to a full group for Thursday's practice. Um, We went through some testing stuff, he said. It didn't work out exactly on our schedule, so hopefully on a Wednesday we're on time with that, meaning some of the guys who have been deemed unfit to participate will be fully cleared, and ideally that will include Pasternak and Kasha, who can join the Bruins for practice on Thursday, Friday, uh, even Saturday if they have one, before heading up to Toronto to join the bubble on Sunday is when uh, they are scheduled to Uh, take off and fly up north. I've mentioned in previous days how players like Anders Bjork and Carson Kuhlman have been stepping up and filling in those spots for Pasternak and Kasha among the top six and doing so pretty admirably. Another player was given an opportunity to skate on the top line on Tuesday and that is rookie forward Jack Stanika. He is, of course, a natural centerman, but it's not unusual for a young player to begin his NHL career on the wing just to kind of ease that transition to the NHL level. Uh, Stadnika was put on the line with Bergeron and Marchand and looked uh, didn't look out of place, to be quite honest. He made some strong rushes during a 5-on-5 portion of the session, buzzing down the right side, dropping a feed to Bergeron at the top of the right circle. Bergeron fired it back to the 21-year-old. He then found Zdeno Chara in the slot, and the big man finished off the sequence with a wrister past Yaroslav Halak. You can see it uh, play out on the Bruins' Twitter feed uh, if you have a chance to um, check that out. It was posted around 11.30 on Tuesday morning. Cassidy said, you get into the second week, you wonder about chemistry and who fits best. We have next week to do that as well. The Bruins are already pretty strong down the middle with Bergeron, Krejci, Coyle, Corrali, Parlindholm. That's one of the biggest strengths of the team. And so if Stanika is going to have an opportunity to get into the lineup, we have to look at him on the right wing, Bruce Cassidy said after practice. He added, it kind of opens it up for him a little bit. Um, and you know, with the trend of missing right wingers continuing, that's where he was placed on Tuesday. Cassidy said he liked his confidence. He made some plays, 
made a play on Chara's goal in particular. In general, he seemed a little bit more confident on the right wing as opposed to uh, center. It has to do with a full season of pro under his belt. Played a few games for us. He knows he belongs at the NHL level. It's just a matter of finding space for him in the lineup. And, you know, the longer that Pasternak and Kasha remain away, the wider the door gets for Bjork, for Kuhlman, for Stadnika to make their mark on that right side and to prove that they deserve to be in the lineup. Now, of course, if Pasternak and Kasha are finally deemed fit to participate, there will be locks for a lineup spot and Cassidy will have the unenviable task of sorting out the rest of the lineup. But the fact that these guys are playing at a high level, feeling confident, uh, bodes well for uh, the Bruins' chances of filling out the roster with uh, some amazing depth that they have and putting guys in who will be able to step in and excel right away. Uh, So that's really good news. It's maybe a blessing in disguise that some of these guys are getting longer looks in prime positions um, during training camp. Although, of course, ideally, the full lineup would be there and, um, you know, they'd be able to skate together and develop that chemistry uh, up to this point in training camp. I haven't really touched much on the defense during training camp, but to be honest, there's not really much in the way of concern there. Although Charlie McAvoy was absent from practice once again on uh, Tuesday. So, you know, that's not great. He was deemed unfit to participate. Uh, He was pictured on his couch cuddling with his new puppy, Otto, if you follow him on Instagram. Otherwise, the defensive pairings remain intact and pretty much what we can expect to see once games resume with Chara, hopefully McAvoy. It was Connor Clifton and Yerho Vakanainen skating in McAvoy's spot on Tuesday with Zdeno Chara. And then in the second pairing, Tori Krug, Brandon Carlo, Matt Grizzlick, Jeremy Lozon. With McAvoy there, that would be the top six that we can expect with Clifton, Vakanainen, John Moore, and Jacob Zborl uh, waiting in the wings for their opportunity to get into the lineup. Um, so yeah, McAvoy... Hopefully, it's just a matter of securing those negative test results and he can be cleared to get back on the ice with Zdeno Chara as his defensive partner. I mentioned also off the top that the NHL released the broadcast schedule for the first few games of uh, the return to play plan. The Bruins will begin with an exhibition game against the Columbus Blue Jackets on July 30th. That game will be played at 7 p.m. Eastern and will be broadcast on Nesson and the NHL Network. Their first real game will be played against the Philadelphia Flyers on August 2nd, which is a Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern. It'll be on NBC in the States, Sportsnet up here in Canada. Next game will be played on August 5th against the Tampa Bay Lightning at 4 p.m. Eastern time. That'll be on NBCSN in the States, and Sportsnet in Canada. The final game I mentioned yesterday had been moved from August 8th to August 9th against the Washington Capitals. 
the time and the uh, network has yet to be determined. And um, I think they're just waiting to see kind of how the qualifying round shakes out, uh, who's playing still at that point, and whether or not they can shift things around. Um, the first day of action will be pretty much jam-packed from noon till you know well past midnight if you're on the eastern time zone. Uh, here's a taste of what that August 1st NHL playoff schedule will look like. Rangers versus Hurricanes at noon on uh, NBCSN, Sportsnet. The Blackhawks versus the Oilers at 3 p.m. on NBC, Sportsnet. Panthers versus Islanders at 4 p.m. Canadians against the Penguins at 8 p.m. So I guess, barring overtime in one of the early games, you'll have some time to catch up on, uh, you know, seeing your family, eating, that kind of thing. And then at 10.30 p.m., it'll be the Flames against the Jets. Uh, On the Sunday, as well as the Bruins game, uh, it'll also be another jam-packed game, or day, sorry. It will begin with the Coyotes and the Predators at 2 p.m. This is on August 2nd again. The Bruins and the Flyers at 3 p.m., like I mentioned. The Blues and the Avalanche at 6.30 p.m. The Blue Jackets and the Maple Leafs at 8 p.m. And then the Wild and the Canucks at 10.30 p.m. So that'll be 10 games over two days. And it should be pretty wild and really help to give us all that hockey fix that we have been missing for the last several months. So as I mentioned before, the Bruins are not practicing here on Wednesday, but our esteemed team president, Cam Neely, uh, hosted a Zoom call this morning to offer some updates on how things have been going and what we can expect moving forward. He said... um, The team is second-guessing the late arrivals to Massachusetts by David Pasternak and Andre Kasha. Both players traveled back to the States from the Czech Republic, and their presence at training camp was delayed due to, you know, having to quarantine to get the necessary testing done to be cleared and labeled fit to practice. We know that... They were seen skating elsewhere, and that um, put uh, Pasternak, we know for sure, in contact with someone who tested positive for COVID-19, and therefore his arrival at camp was even further delayed, and, you know, they're not even there yet. Um, So Neely said, in the long run, I don't know if it's really going to affect us. I think once we get to Toronto, we'll be fine. I've said several times that the Bruins are... Scheduled to fly to Toronto on July 26th, which is Sunday. And Neely said that his best guess is that Pasternak and Kasha will be cleared to skate with the team in Toronto. He said that's his best guess. It's hard to say, meaning they won't be able to skate with the team on Thursday or Friday. I'm not sure if they're going to skate on Saturday, if that's kind of a pack day. They'll give the team the day off to spend with their family. But, um, yeah, that's not ideal by any stretch of the imagination. Neely also said it's unfortunate and disappointing how it's played out with Kasha so far. He wasn't here long after the trade deadline 
didn't really settle into a spot in the lineup. Now the pause, and now his inability to uh, participate at training camp. Uh, yeah, definitely not a great start to Andre Kasha's tenure with the Boston Bruins. He appeared in only six games for the Bruins prior to the pause, recording one assist in 49 games with the Ducks. This season, he had recorded seven goals and 16 assists. The good news, I guess, is that he's not really a rental, so it's not as though they made that trade with the Ducks just to acquire him for this run. He will also be in Boston next season at a salary cap hit of $2.6 million. So they get that extra year of control out of him, uh, which is good. And Krejci will be around next season as well, barring a trade to clear cap space, which I doubt will happen. So, you know, it's still a positive to be able to have traded David Backus's contract. Sure, it cost them a first, but they did get Kasha back. And, you know... All indications are that he is healthy and ready to play, testing aside. Uh, so hopefully he'll be able to jump right in. And uh, there were glimpses of chemistry between him and Krejci in the time that they were together. So I'm not overly concerned about his ability to to jump into the lineup. It's not as if he's a, you know a rookie or he doesn't have NHL experience under his belt. He is. A 20-goal scorer in the NHL and um, has averaged 17 goals for every 82 games played in the NHL. And the belief is that he has another level to reach as well uh, as a mainstay in a lineup as talented as the Boston Bruins. So perhaps that's being a bit uh, optimistic, but I am not... uh, I am a bit concerned, let's be honest. The fact that they'll have missed all of training camp. Pasternak, you know, he'll be able to slide back into the lineup with Marchand and Bergeron, no problem. Conditioning aside, um, they're always at the risk of injury kind of jumping right into those heavy situations. Kasha, I am a bit more concerned about just because he is a new player for the Bruins. Um, But um, it's not as if he doesn't know what it takes to make it at the NHL level. The bigger concern for me is the fact that they won't be able to practice until they get to Toronto. That's uh, pretty problematic, and I can't think of any other teams who are missing two top six forwards throughout the entirety of training camp, and it could really set the team back uh, in relation to other clubs that are fresher and up to speed when it comes to returning to play. Anyway, sorry to end on a downer, but that is it for this episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, What else is going on? Oh, big life announcement. I have restarted watching How I Met Your Mother. I was a bit conflicted about it due to how it ended on a bit of a sour note, but I watched three episodes yesterday, the first three episodes, and was immediately hooked. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris is an all-star on that cast, and uh, I very much enjoy it. Um, I had been debating watching Modern Family, but we pulled the plug on that after, I don't know, maybe four or five seasons, and I heard it was pretty bad after that point, so probably won't revisit that. And uh, after having finished Community, New Girl, I watched The Office earlier this year, 
How I Met Your Mother is one on Netflix that I haven't rewatched. Uh, the last time I watched it, well, I watched it on DVD when it uh, first came out, and then caught up and finished out the series just on cable. Um, so I'm excited to to rewatch it and hopefully some uh, distance in time will make how it ended perhaps a bit more palatable. Anyways, yeah, that's it for today's episode. I hope you're all doing well. Please do go and check out the Locked On NHL podcast where I am appearing today to talk a bit more about our Boston Bruins and uh, there's always some great content over there with some wonderful hosts uh, to lead you through NHL news. Again, uh, please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and rate and review if you are able. That would be very much appreciated. That's it. We'll be back tomorrow. Take care, friends. Have a good one.